Welcome to The Outpouring with Executive Pastor Bob Oliver of the New Covenant Church of Philadelphia. We're, we're here celebrating an anniversary. The title of my message is God Did. God Did. We're, we're here celebrating. I was thinking this week, um, my son had a birthday. He just turned 12 last week, Alexander. And I think it's interesting that we, you know, as you get older and as you age, you know, birthdays look a little different, right? He couldn't wait to be 12. When a little, when a little one is, 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 is four years old, they can't wait to turn five. Matter of fact, they, they'll tell you I'm, I'm, I'm four, almost five, right? We look forward to the, 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 the next year, the next because we see it as a milestone, right? And that's when we're, we're younger and we're, we're looking up because we, we, we have somewhere to go. We want to get to that place. I remember when I turned 21, I couldn't wait to turn 21. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll, be, I'm 19, 20, I'll, be, I'll be 21, and then I'll, I'll be a man, I'll be official, right? So when we have birthdays, when we're, when we're young, we, we look up and we can't wait for the next year. We don't reflect on the past when we have birthday parties as a teenager. When, we, when we're 21, we're, we're not reflecting on the last 20 years. We, we're just looking towards the future. And when we turn 25 and, and, and when we turn 30, we're, we're, we're looking forward. Now, now I'm, I'm, I can become something, I can be something. Because I'm, I'm, I'm reaching an age that, that's a, a, a landmark age, right? But then there comes a time when we have birthdays and we look forward to another year of life, but we don't look forward to adding the numbers up. We, every time I have to sign up for something now and I, they ask me for my birthday, I'm just scrolling and scrolling down from, it used to be a quick little scroll, all right, 1980, but right there. Now I'm just uh, looking at, is this thing broken? What? Two minutes later, all right, here we go, 1980. It, it, it gets different, right? When we have our, our, our anniversaries, we can't wait for our first anniversary. Anniversary's coming up. Getting married, we got married. Anniversary's coming up. Oh, our five-year anniversary's coming up. And we're looking forward to the next. But when we have a 40th anniversary or a 35th anniversary as a couple, we reflect on the past. Our perspective is, is different. And nobody, and, and things change as you age. Y'all didn't warn us. How many people had a, a wonderful Thanksgiving? Amen. I did too, and then I, I had the Thanksgiving Olympics afterwards. And, and 
you know, the Thanksgiving Olympics, for me, I'll just tell you, you know, how I scored. Um, I did much better. My, my times were much higher than last year. Um, I had a, a, about an hour of heartburn, um, two hours of reflux. Um, I, I sat up half the night. How many, how many people uh, had, had, had at least two hours of sitting up before you were able to lay all the way back down? It's, it's, it's different, right? My wife just told me that she, this morning she said, look like you lost some weight. And I, so I, I said, thank you. And then I, I jumped on the scale and I did lose weight. And I haven't been working out. And she said, well, maybe it's because you're eating less. And I said, I have been eating less. Because, you know, when you have reflux and, and, and heartburn, you got to watch what you eat a little bit more. You, 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 you pace yourself, right? These are things that, that, that happen with age. Your perspective on, on everything begins to change a little bit. And as we go forward, even in an anniversary, a 40th anniversary, our perspective changes. So for the past several weeks, for the past month, during our anniversary month, we've been reflecting because there's so much to reflect upon. We, we, we reflect on the past, but we also have to, to reimagine the future. Amen? Because time will keep moving. The years will continue to add up. And God is, is faithful. I know he's faithful to us. I know he's faithful to New Covenant. And the time will, con will continue to add up. And so we have to reflect on the, path, on the past, and we have to recognize what, what God has, has done. The title of my message is God did. God did. Somebody tell me what the word did means. Just yell it out. Huh? Completed. It's the, it's the past tense of do, right? He, 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 it means you perform a thing, a, a task, you achieve something, you complete something. That means you've, you've, you've done something, you, you, you do something. It's the, the, the past tense. I'd like to start reading from the book of Joshua. Joshua chapter 1. It says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them the children of Israel, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, as I said to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all of the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. 
as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law which, which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage? Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Then it says, Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the camp, and command the people, saying, Prepare provisions for yourself, for within three days you will cross over this Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess. The children of Israel under Moses, they got to the promised land after they left Egypt in the second year. But it took them 40 years to go to the promised land, to go into the promise. They got to the promised land, but they weren't willing to go into the promised land. They had the promise right in front of them, but they never entered into the promise. See, the word says that after the death of Moses, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, and he said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, go, to this, go over this Jordan, you and all the people which I am giving you. It says, now, therefore, now is a, a what? A, a, a time, right? Now, therefore, go over, arise and go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. You see, in this passage here, when God speaks to Joshua, he speaks to him in three tenses. He speaks in, in, in three tenses because God's not bound by time. His words aren't bound by time. His promises aren't bound by time. His commands aren't bound by time. He speaks to him in three tenses, in tenses uh, present, future, and past, in that order. He told Joshua what he's telling us right now. I am presently working in your life to make sure that your future is secure, and all of that is based on what I have already done. God did it. He said, I want you to now go to this land that I'm giving you. And 
where your faith is going to take you, I've already secured for you. God is always working and moving in our lives, but the work that he does is already done. He's not like us. Well, he's, he's not like, uh, I won't name names, but I'll say children. When you ask them if their homework's done, and they say it's done, but when you check it, it's not done because they didn't do it. God doesn't work like that. When he says it's done, it's done because he did it. Amen? I, I go back and I, I check their work and, and you know, I, I have to, everything's on the computer now, so I have to know how to navigate the, the sites to actually see which which assignments, they, it shows you what's, what's done, what's, what's due, what's, what's past due. And I, I can see it all. And when I see some, something in the red, which means it's, it's not done, and I say, hey, this right here, what's, what's this? And he says, oh, I already did it. But it doesn't say that it's done. But he says, you know, I, I did it. I just, they just didn't change it in the system. And, and he'll, he'll show me the assignment. And the assignment is done, but it hasn't been changed in the system. And sometimes we have to wait for the teacher to put that it's complete. And sometimes we, we find ourselves in the same way, waiting for, for what God has already done. I, I know that he did it in the system. But I find myself waiting for it to, to be complete. I, I know that he worked it. I, I know that I worked it. I, I know that I'm doing, but I'm waiting for it to get the check mark of approval. It, it's, 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 it's done. It, he, he did it. It's, it's, it's completed, but I'm still waiting for the, the check mark for, for the approval. He said, I've already secured everything that I'm doing for you. The work that he does is already done because he established it at the beginning of time. God did it. But sometimes, you know, the promise is, is conditional. You, he does and then we do. The condition is that you go and do. He said, every place that your foot treads upon, everywhere that your, your foot steps, every, everywhere that you, you go, you, you, have to, you have to commit. You, you, you know, I like to go to the beach and, you know, I don't like cold water. We talked about this. And so, you know, I, I put my little foot in and, you know, if I go to a pool especially, you know, I put my foot in. If it's, if it's warm, all right, you know, I might do the hand thing because, you know, you have more sensors in your, your hands. But 
When God is calling you to do something, he's calling you to do more than just put your toe in it and see how it feels. You gotta, you've got you've to gotta walk into that thing. I, I, I walk like my dad, right? And so it, there's a, well, it's a little different, but it sounds the same. It used to sound the same in the house because we walk heavy. And my wife now, she says, why are you walking so hard? I say, this, this, is how I, this is how I walk. I walk on the back of my feet. I, you know, I, I have big feet, so I got to balance myself sometimes. But when, once you take that step, you're committed. You have to go and do. The, the, every promise it's already been given to you, but it's your job to receive it. You don't receive it by putting your hand out. You, receiving, you receive it by going out and doing something, doing the work which you've been given to do. Sometimes we think that... Uh, Thinking about it and focusing on it is enough to receive it. And I think that sometimes we, we think too much. We, we, we think too much. We, we think too much. We think about things too much and, and, and we, we talk about things too much and we don't go out and do it. He said, every place that the foot of your, soles of your feet tread upon, I've given to you. That means every place that you don't go, you don't receive. You can see it, but you don't receive it. In the book of Numbers, chapter 13, Moses chose 12 spies. From each, 12 men from each tribe, and he sent them into the land of Canaan to spy out the land. And he told them to bring back the fruit of the land. Those were his instructions. Go into the land, spy it out, and bring back the fruit of the land. And the spies returned, and they came back with different reports. They came back with grapes, and they came back with pomegranates, and they came back with figs to show that the land was fruitful, because that was what they were told to do. They were told to go out and bring back a harvest of the land so that we could see what's there. And so that we could show the people what's there. Moses was a leader. And they came back and, and there's a report. They said the, the land was flowing with milk and honey. Meaning that they were, they said that it's, it's fruitful and it, that means that they're bees Honey means bees, right? Milk means cattle. It's abundant with, with bees and cattle. Milk and honey is flowing with milk and honey. Cattle reproduces. Bees pollinate. So they were stepping, they were looking into a, a, a self-sustaining ecosystem. Already in place. A self-sustaining ecosystem already in place. You got to think about where they were. They were in the wilderness. 
They were eating manna. They were eating bread that fell from heaven. They weren't eating steak. They, they, they didn't have some, some, some honey milk late at night. They, they didn't have the, the fruit and the figs and the pomegranate and all that was in Canaan. They didn't have that. So they, they got this report. It, land is flowing with milk and honey. It showed them the abundance of the land that they were promised. But it also re they also received an evil report saying that there were giants in the land and that they saw themselves as grasshoppers in their eyes, in their own eyes, and that they were sure that the giants saw them as grasshoppers too. They were sent to go out and report what they saw. And they came back and reported what they thought. They were sent to go out, paint the picture of what they saw, and bring it back. And they went and told the people what they thought. Sometimes we, we, we think too much. What was meant to be a reconnaissance mission turned into a feasibility study. They were meant to go out, get information, bring it back. And they came back with, I don't know if this is something that we can do. I, 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 don't, I don't think it's, it's possible for us. We, I, we see them. They'll destroy us. We, we're little. They're big. We, I don't think we can do this. And not only did they come and bring the report back to Moses, but they went and they brought that report back to the people. And they murmured and complained. Sometimes we think too much. We often interpret God's plan through the eyes, through the lenses of our own limitations and inadequacies. And when we do that, we're destined for failure. Not because we don't try, but because it keeps us from even attempting. When you try something, you may, you may fail a couple times, but you'll learn something along the way. But when you think too much, you say, we can't do it, and you don't even try. We fail to make the attempt. We say, I'm, I'm too old, or, or I'm too young. Oh, I don't have the skills, I don't have the talents, I don't have the abilities, I don't have the education, I don't really have a, a big personality, I, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not that bright, I'm not intelligent, I don't have enough money, or I, I don't have the right connections, I don't know the right people. We convince ourselves that, that we will fail before we even start. We tell ourselves that we don't have what it takes. And if we truly understood that we aren't operating in our own strength and in our own power, and if we come to the realization that God is with us and working on our behalf, then there's nothing that we can accomplish. 
We're not doing it because we did it. We're doing it because God did. We succeed because God did. Because he said it. Because he promised you. There's nothing that we can't accomplish. And so, he said, every place that the sole of your feet tread upon, I will give you. And then he said, from the wilderness, every place that the sole of your, tree, your feet tread upon, I will give you. Every, every place I'm giving you, I will give you. From the wilderness, from the wilderness, and this Lebanon, as far as the great river Euphrates and all of the land of the Hittites and the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. You mean to tell me that the wilderness is part of my promise? The, the, the wilderness is, is, is part of my in, in inheritance? You're, you're, you're giving me this? This is, this is part of what you're doing? This is part of your work? The wilderness? But we don't want to be here. It's the wilderness. In fact, Genesis 15, 18, it says, In the same day that the Lord made a covenant with Abram, in the same day the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, Unto thy seed have I given this land from the river of Egypt unto the great river Euphrates. From the river of Egypt, when they crossed the river of Egypt, they entered into the wilderness. From that land to this land, I'm giving you. And all the children of Israel under Moses had to do was keep walking. But they stayed in a, a place of discomfort. They stayed in the wilderness. They, they, they stayed too long. What is a wilderness? Somebody tell me. A desert? Somebody else, tell me. What is the wilderness? Hot? Dry? Say it again. A vast empty space. It's an uncultivated, un uninhabited, and inhospitable region. It's, it's desolation. It's, you, you can't get comfortable there. You can't, you can't plant your feet there. You, you can't set up, you can't build homes there. You, you, you can't stay there. There's nothing to eat. It's, it's, it's desolate. It's, 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 it's not a destination. Sometimes we find ourselves in the wilderness. And the wilderness will always be an uncomfortable place. But God operates in the wilderness. God operates in the wilderness. Because it's the, young, it's the one place in this world where we get downright desperate in the wilderness. He said, I'm giving you this land. From this wilderness, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you. This is supposed to be a part of your promise because it's a part of your process. 
There's, there's a, there, it wasn't just walk. I'm, I'm processing you as you go. This wilderness was a part of your process. It's the place where God takes us so that he can get our attention. And when he wants us to do something and he wants to see the promises fulfilled, he has to first get our attention. It's the place where we can't survive without him. They couldn't survive in the wilderness without God. He, he had to bring bread every morning or they would die. He had to bring water from a rock because they, they were thirsty. Desperate times produce desperate prayers. Anybody remember some, some desperate times that you had? And the prayers that came along with it? When you know only God. You might not even pray like that and you started praying. You developed a spiritual prayer life. You, you, you prayed until you, you, your sweat was like blood. We find ourselves in the wilderness. It's the, it's the place, the wilderness is the place where God is calling us not to suffer for suffering's sake, but to suffer a distaste for what the world offers in order to drink deeply from the living water that is Christ. Right? And we experience all types of wildernesses. We, we, we have financial wilderness, Right? Oh, right? Oh, all right. I know I'm not the only one. Sometimes when it rains, it pours, right? And it's just a bill here and a bill here, and you can't figure out what's going on, and you're praying. God, I don't know what is happening. I don't know, I don't know what it is, but I need relief. We, we have relational wildernesses when we find ourselves by ourselves. The relationships that we have, everything's rocky. We can't talk to our, our, our girlfriends and, and, and our, 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 our guys. And there's miscommunication on all fronts. And we're trying to figure out what it is. And we find ourselves in a lonely place, a desolate place, a, a, a wilderness. We have physical times of physical wilderness. When our bodies just aren't working right and everything that we want to do, we can't. And mental wilderness. When I, I, I can't, I just, it's, it's just foggy. I, I, I can't figure out what's going on. Uh, uh, emotional wilderness. When you're just all over the place. And you feel everything deeply and, 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 and you know it's an uncomfortable place. And you're praying to God to, to, to make a way out of this wilderness somehow. Restore my relationships somehow. Restore my finances somehow. Give me my right mind somehow. I, I don't know what to do, but, but do whatever you can to, to restore me out of this wilderness. We go outside. I, I, I look at the news. I, 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 we, we look at our neighborhoods and we recognize that there's a, a, a poverty wilderness and, and, and crime. It's a wilderness. But the wilderness is a necessary place. 
It's always the place that God will speak to you if you're able to listen. Because sometimes there's nothing else and no one else around. And he has your undivided attention because you're looking for him for help. God spoke to Moses in the wilderness. God spoke to Hagar in the wilderness. God spoke to, 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 to Joshua in the wilderness. Jesus was led into the wilderness to be, by the Holy Ghost to be tempted by the devil. But the Bible says that when he left the wilderness, he returned with power. Our hope doesn't rest in God bringing us out of the wilderness, but it's found in the fact that he meets us right in the center of the wilderness. There he promises that he never leaves us or forsakes us, never abandons us, never hates. And as he brings us out into the lush valleys, we emerge more faithful because we've experienced some things, right? We emerge more joyful, more content, more peaceful. There's nothing like hard times to bring contentment in good times. Amen? The Bible says in Psalms 42, as the deer pants for flowing streams, so my soul pants for you, O God. Psalm 63 says, Oh God, you are my God. I earnestly seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you. As in a dry and weary land, there is no water. The wilderness is a part of the process because it's where we meet God. And it's where he processes, he processes us into the character and the, gives us the characteristics that we need to go and take that land and walk in the promises that he's given us. The Bible in Joshua 1 Verse 5, it says, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, as I was with, with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. You shall divide the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to the law. Be strong and courageous. God spoke to the fears of Joshua. The fears of Joshua and the fears of the people. And fear is natural. It's a natural thing. But the opposite of fear is not courage. He told him to be courageous, but the opposite of fear is not courage. The opposite of fear is faith. And fear and faith are both rooted in the expectation that something is going to happen. Fear is rooted in the expectation that something's going to happen. 
Something bad's going to happen. I'm going to get hurt. And faith is rooted in the expectation that the thing that I've been hoping for, the thing that I've been desiring, the thing that I've, I've, I've been praying for will come to pass. They're both rooted in that same expectation that something will happen. But you will only be courageous when you believe that you will get the outcome that requires your courage. Hear that again. You'll only be courageous when you believe that you will get the outcome that requires your courage. When you have faith, you'll have courage because you believe that you'll get the outcome. Let's make it very simple. I don't, I wouldn't go to the gym to work out for no reason. I'll go to the gym. I have a membership. I ain't been there, but I have a membership. That's, that's, that's step one. That's that, uh, that, uh, the, the thinking about it, right? I see it. I'm thinking about it, and it's not enough. But I won't go to the gym unless I have a reason. If, if, my, if my health is failing and I need to lose weight and I need my, my cardiovascular system to work a little better and I need, I need my doctor saying, hey, you, gotta, you need to work on some stuff, that will encourage me and inspire me to go to the gym. Or if I just want to look good and, and have some muscles, you know, that's what I put on my Pollyanna this year. I said I want some muscles and six-pack abs. <laughs> and when they told me I, I had to ask for something else, I said, all right, well, just give me a, a box of uh, lactate uh, pills. <laughs> Very practical. But if I want to get muscles, then I'll go to the gym because I believe that if I go to the gym and if I start working out, then it'll show in my body. I know that if I have to be courageous for something, if, if I have to do something, if, if something takes me going, <coughs> going against fear, then I'm doing it because I know that there's an outcome that I expect. I'm not going to fight a lion if I don't think I can win. I'm not going to set out and, 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 and engage in a business opportunity unless I think it's going to work. If I didn't think it was going to work, then I probably won't do it. But if I think it's going to work, then I have the courage to step forward in it. If I, if, if I didn't think that I was going to be able to talk to that girl over there, then I would have kept having the conversation that I was, happening, what I was having when I saw her. But I had courage. I had faith. I made that move and I, I, I shot my shot. Nothing but net. But, but this is how it works. Fear says, I don't think that it will work. So I won't move. Faith says, 
I believe that it will work, so I'm going to have the courage to move forward in it. That's why he says, be strong and of good courage. For this people, you shall divide the inheritance. You're not just being courageous for the sake of it. You're being courageous for your inheritance. You're being courageous for your family. You're being courageous for your children. You're being courageous for their safety. You're being courageous in, in, in making sure that they, they get the education that they need. You're making sacrifices for things outside of yourself, but you make that sacrifices because you want to see an expected result. So they had to have courage to, to, to go over into the Jordan. And on the other side, it's, it's, it's on the other side of that place that has the ability to kill you. Moses couldn't move the people into that place because they were afraid. But the place that has the ability to kill you often has the conditions that have the ability to heal you and prosper you. On the other side, you're gaining as you go, but on the other side are the conditions that God has, has placed on your behalf, but you have to take the step to go there. And you have to know that the destination isn't at the end of the journey, but the destination is the journey. That's why Paul in Philippians said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The Bible says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. For the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments and, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. You have to bring those thoughts into captivity. And being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Do you look at things according to the outward appearance? If anyone is convinced in himself that he is Christ's, let him, let him again consider this in himself, that just as he is Christ, even so we are Christ's. Sometimes we go to people and we, we ask them what we think that we can accomplish and we ask them what, what God said to do. Do you, do, you think he can, do you think he can do it? I know what God told me. Do you think I can do it? Pastor Bob, I, I, I know what the Lord spoke to me. Do you think it will work? I wonder how many conversations over the past 40 years how many do you think it'll work conversations that Bishop has had? Bishop, I just want to talk to you. I know what God said to me. Do you think it'll work? We have to realize that when God says do, it's already done because God did. In the words of the uh, 
contemporary poet, um, DJ Khaled, said they wanted us down, but look at us now. They counted us out. They didn't think that we would make it. Oh, they didn't believe in us, but I know God did. Oh, yes, he did. Oh, yes, he did. God did. God did, whether it's pertaining to your past, your present, or your future, God did. I don't know what you experienced before you came here today. The holidays aren't always a great time for people. Sometimes it's an emotional roller coaster. There are family members who aren't with us anymore, and, and, and it's not always a happy time. I don't know what your experience was, but God did. I don't know what you've been going through, but God did. I don't know what it took you to get here today, but God did. I don't know what it took you to decide not to take your life, but God did. I don't know what it took you to stay in your marriage or to leave your marriage. But God did. We all have journeys. New Covenant Church of Philadelphia has had a journey. We're here together, but we, we live our own lives. We've walked our paths. We've had our Jordans to cross. We've been through our wildernesses. And everyone's may be different, and I don't know, but, but God did. And not only did he know, but he also orchestrated. Not only did he orchestrate, but he, but he also called. Not only did he call, but he also equipped. I want you to know that if he did it before, like Todd Trivett said, then he'll do it again. Same guy right now is the same guy back then, the same guy that took the children of Israel into the land of Canaan. After, Mo, after God spoke to Joshua, he got his people and he said, get ready. We got a couple days and we're moving out. Get ready. We've been here 40 years. This is our, our home. Our children only know this place of discomfort. This is all they know. All they know is manna. All they know are the stories of Moses. All we know is, is the reflection on the past. But I know what God told me. Who told you God did? And in three days, we are out of here. And he didn't send the 12 spies this time. He said, we are going to that place. Philippians said that we have to be confident in this, that he who began a good work in us will carry it out into the, 
to completion. He who began the work will carry it out. All we got to do is move in it. All we have to do is step out in it. All we have to do is cross over. New Covenant has some history. God has worked miracles on our behalf. We've had great leadership. We've, we've had great membership. We've had the most amazing people over the past 40 years. There's so many things to, to look back and reflect on. I, I know Keith was looking at the tapes and, and archiving the history, and it was too much for him to even put into the videos. We reflect on our past, and we reimagine our future. We, we see what is taking place, and now it's time to go forward. Now it's time to... to to move with, with, with new power and, 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 new, and fresh anointing. And it's the same anointing. The word that God gave Moses, same word that he gave Joshua. It's not a new plan, but it'll put new people in place to move us forward. And our prayer in moving forward is that God will put new people in place to move us forward. New people in place to host uh, the, 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 the life teams in the neighborhoods. New people in place to talk to their neighbors and say, come to a place where my life has been changed. the same plan, same vision, same word. God already did it. We just have to step out and move in it. This morning, God gave me two words, two scriptures as I close. And two prophetic words for the church, one for you individually and one for us as a body. And the first word comes from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 1, verse 4. Thus saith the Lord to you, be then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you, in the womb, I knew you. Who did? Before you were born, I sanctified you. Who did? I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Who did? Then said I, ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am a youth, for you shall go to all whom I send you. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. 
Then he put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. Who did? See, I have set this day, November 27th, 2022, I have set this day, this day I have set you over the nations and over kingdoms to root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. Thus saith the Lord God to you. I have called you and I have formed you. And no matter what it is that you think is keeping you back or holding you back, it doesn't matter because God did it. He said it and it's done. The word of the Lord to the New Covenant Church body comes from Jeremiah 23. Verse 3, it says, I will gather the remnant, the remnant of my flock out of all countries where I have driven them and bring them back to their folds. And they shall be fruitful and increase. And I will set up shepherds over them who will feed them. And they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed, nor shall they be lacking says the Lord. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will raise to David a branch of righteousness. A king shall reign and prosper and execute judgment and righteousness in the earth. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell safely. Now this is his name by which he shall be called, the Lord our Righteousness. Therefore, behold, the days are coming, New Covenant. Says the Lord, that no longer shall you say, as the Lord lives, who brought up the children of Israel from the land of Egypt. But as the Lord lives, who brought up and led the descendants this day out of the house of Israel from the north country, and from all the countries where I have driven them, and they shall dwell in their own land. Thus saith the Lord, no longer shall you say, this is who we used to be. But you will say, this is who we are. This is who we are. This is what God has placed, the mandate that he's placed on us. We are no longer in the wilderness, but we've crossed over into the Jordan. And all those descendants who have left will come back and reap the benefit of the harvest that our fathers have planted. May the Lord bless you richly.
May the blessing, may the dreams, may the vision, may the sacrifices, may the tears, may the blood and the sweat that have gone into this ministry over the last 40 years, over the last 70 years, may they not fall by the wayside. But we know that God is moving us into the place of his promise and that the remnant shall remain, that the descendants shall inherit the land, and not just the land, but every promise, every promise, every promise, Dad, Bishop, every dream, every vision that God has given you, and Mom, concerning New Covenant Church will be fulfilled. The promise that he's given to you, he's given to your descendants and their descendants. And the anointing will continue to flow. And the Spirit of God will continue to remain in this place. And every seed that has been planted, every seed that has been planted, every seed that has been planted, from those seeds, trees of righteousness will spring forth. Thank you for joining us in service today. We pray that this ministry has been a blessing to you and your family. To give your gift of love and help keep this ministry on the air, visit nccop.church giving for all of the ways that you can donate to the ministry. Thank you so much for your generosity and God's blessings until we meet again.